Rappé Your little addition to your full full size, full strength version of eavesdropping. It's true, it's true. With your hosts, Geordie and Michelle. I'm Michelle. I'm the nice one, Geordie. <laughs> and look, I just had so much to talk about. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad well, it's thing. It's the usual case, usual state of affairs, really, isn't it, Michelle? Always got something to say. Too much to say, too much to say. But obviously, lights in the sky, it, mm. it brought up a lot, you know? I think so, we're going to have to revisit this again and again and again because people are going to want to tell us their own stories and we haven't heard from any of our loyal listeners. Where were no. you? Well, do you know what? A few of them did say they've got some stories, didn't get back to us in time. So Snooze, you, know. you lose. <laughs> so just quickly, mm-hmm. do we have any apologies? Well, no, because this episode, the episode that we're recording for hasn't been out yet. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, I, I have one small apology oh. to make on your behalf. Oh, thank because you. What have I done wrong? I, well, I actually went and watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, and Terry Gar wasn't the wasn't she was no. his wife. She was his wife, yes. not the mother of the little boy. So I knew that while I was saying it. I knew it, <laughs> but I couldn't remember the other actress's name. So, did you enjoy watching Close Encounters? Well, do you know I actually made Andreas watch it with me, and. He was not into it. Oh, for f- I said to him, Steven, see, I said, do you know who Steven Spielberg is? No. What? Yeah, I said, he's only the most famous director on the planet. And he said, no. I said, E.T. He was like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so I said, listen, it's, it's a blockbuster. You've got to watch it. <laughs> so we sat down and watched it together. Do you know what? It's really slow. It's yeah. that 70s slow filmmaking mm. kind of thing. And... To be fair, Steven Spielberg, if you're listening. Or Steve to you, yeah. Steve, Steve, Steve S. If you're listening, you could trim about half an hour out of that film with a bit more snazzy oh. editing. But just, you know, Michelle, just, just say it. that's saying, a classic. I can't believe you're saying that. Yeah, but you watch it again. You you can see he can like chop, chop to get some action it going quicker. It is such uh, an incredible film. And well, it's... Yes. And it's been, and it's, I think it might be in the Hall of Fame or something for being the bestest film of all time or something. Do you know what? It was brilliant. I really loved it. But that's because I also have a bit of history of knowing that I, I love it. Because your but, parents made mashed potato mountains for you. Freaked yeah, they, you all out. <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. They were crying in that scene. All the kids are like, Daddy's Stop losing it. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's having a breakdown. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to stick on Stephen, yeah. Spearly, Spearly for a moment. Um, so look, he, when I was doing some digging into, I, I had a look, Googling, into Spielberg and this film. And so he partly based the plot on the findings of this kind of, I think I said before, he's the godfather of American ufology, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. So... He's a really interesting guy. He was an American astronomer. He was a professor um, and he ended up being the scientific advisor to this thing called Project Blue Book, Mm. which... There's a telly show about that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Where? Who? It was on Sky or something and it had Aidan Gillen, the Irish actor in it. Oh, handsome. I started watching. You're like, you fancy him. Oh, no, no, no. I think he's a... I'm thinking of a different one, not Aidan Gillen. Sorry. Sorry. He's the weird looking one. Anyway, sorry, I don't Aiden. Know if he's weird looking, but 
<laughs> Maybe anyway, Adrian would like to get in touch with some of his own stories about how uh, <laughs> how weird looking he's not. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Aids. Um, Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. Bloody not hell, Michelle, you're very That's familiar today. I haven't even had any champagne. <laughs> anyway, um, so Project Blue Book. It was the <laughs> it was the code name for um an Air Force program, American like Air Force program, set up in 1952. And it was set up in response to the fact that they'd received loads of UFO sightings um, and they were all reported during the Cold War era. So the Air Force set up this this Project Blue Book to basically investigate and to either, either like toss them out as rubbish or, you know, one, look at whether the sightings were weather anomalies or stars or Russian threats, which, you know, was a really big yeah, it was, it was all the rage. The and day. that goes back to what you said last episode. Why were there so many of this, these things happening in the 70s? Yeah. Well, Have because got... it was the Cold War. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So, the, yeah. well, so, so this was all Project Blue Book set up in, in the early 50s because obviously Cold War threats, yes. whatever. Apparently, when they were looking into Project Blue Book... 70s was right before the end of the Cold War, sorry. Yes, just correcting myself there. Okay. So, in Project Blue Book, 13% of the study's findings couldn't be explained using science. So, they have been put down as UFOs, Mm -hmm. which that's not nothing. 13% is quite Mm. a lot. And then, so I looked into the title... Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, and this was not... You got your second kind. And then you got your third kind. That's right. Um, And it's not really explained in the movie what they are. So, um, and it was based on this guy, J. Allen Hynex, Dr. J. Uh, It was based on on his own uh, classification system. So, A Close Encounter of the Third Kind... First Kind. I can't even talk. Um, Is... When you see a UFO. Mm-hmm. The second kind is physical evidence to prove the existence mm-hmm. of it. So in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, do you remember he had sunburn on his face? Yeah, because he was he had lights above him. He had the, the UFO was above him, very much like Travis Walton and his mates and also Fort Benning when they had the lights above. Well, the sunburn was actual physical evidence to prove. Oh, I see. That's a second kind. Yes, yes, that's right. And then the third kind is actual contact with yes. alien life forms, which where if he you touches know this... his little light lit lit up finger on Elliot's finger. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, you know, it's this whole movie was really like owes a lot to Doctor J. Alan Hynek and, and Spielberg's think, interest in in what's out there as well and and maybe you know like you said in the last episode maybe he was touched but not literally touched, touched by, an by an alien but he could have been touched by an alien <laughs> well there are people who theorize that he was and uh it's been a long time we're waiting for a big reveal we haven't had it yet I, I doubt that we're going to have one I think he's just genuinely interested or it could be deathbed reveal who knows we may have to wait some time well but yeah who knows who we'll knows? Ask him. steve get in touch there is a so, documentary though that counteracts all of that and of it's course. called mirage men and it came out in 2013 and it is about how the u.s government used mythology 
to cover up their advanced technology. And it kind of feeds into what Project Blue Book was all about, you know, trying to find out, investigate all these things. But um, so you've got a real life man in black, the movie version, not the version that you and I have been discussing recently, which were those kind of weird faces. Oh, Oh, no. oh. Yeah, Spielberg did the yeah the movie yeah, version, Spielberg. which has got Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, those guys who work for the government or wherever they work for. They've got all the equipment because obviously we've had a relationship with aliens forever, and they're trying to make people forget. That's mm-hmm. the that's the mythology mythologized version, right? <laughs> but this guy's a man in black. That kind of version. He works for um, the AFOSI, which stands for United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation. Okay. So they were running. Um, they, what happened was they had this guy, Dotty, Richard Dotty, who was a special agent. Who might have he, been a bit dotty. Who he knows? might have been a bit dotty, but he actually revealed that he, did, he was told to deliberately feed lies and half-truths to ufologists to lead them to believe that the government was covering up information about alien visitations in order to hi- hide high-level tech from the Russians. So basically, it was all a big, it was all invented. What they're trying to say in this Mirage Men documentary, I didn't watch it, was uh, that it was all invented by the government, like fed, dripped, drip fed into the public's consciousness in order to make them believe so that they would get off the scent of what was really going on. So they were developing their F1 bombers, they were developing their scuds, whatever they were developing at the time. And at the centre of that hoax was something which Dottie said he had nothing to do with at all. It was a project okay. called Project Serpo, okay. which that claimed that 12 American military personnel paid a secret vi- visit to an alien planet in the Zeta Reticuli system. <laughs> that could be a pizza that Hillary Clinton was offering at her. What was the name comet, of that? Pe- comet ping pong pizza. <laughs> Literally, Comet. Hello, comet. comet ping pong. Would you like a Zeta Reticuli? But you know what? Comet. Yes. Out of space. Magical thinking. <gasps> wow. Okay. Remember? Do you know what? Look, this it's a possibility. Yeah. It really is. But again, well, it's a bit like the QAnoners. You can have a conspiracy theory about anything. You can come up with deep fake news. You can join the dots in whatever way you want. I believe that's called cognitive dissonance, where you are so embedded in something that you believe, believe, believe. But when you're presented with the information that shows that it's not true... Your mind can't cope. Ah, so you make up all this crazy shit in order to justify your beliefs. Yeah, but you know what? This this reminds me of when I was watching, oh God, it was one of those terrible daytime TV things where they were revealing to this guy that he'd basically been catfished by this woman, right? which was basically an organisation who had cheated him out of millions and his oh family had God. got in touch with this TV show and said, listen, you've got to show my dad that it's that he's been played and he's given all of these millions to this woman who's never getting on a plane doesn't exist who's not coming oh, to visit him so, so they sad. showed yeah but they showed him all the evidence they said listen your emails have been answered by a dude in Panama who then has flipped it over to some other dude here it's not even a woman replying to your messages he didn't believe it he <gasps> could not believe it and literally 2 days later the lady who's been promising him oh i'm going to come and visit you blah 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 she we'll turns up together no, oh. she, she asks for more money and he sends it. <laughs> oh, I know, cognitive dissonance. Anyway, but going back to these um, leaked papers about the project, what was it, so- Serpo, 
which yeah. was it was so outlandish that it was a dead giveaway because it was basically a reinvention of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, scene by scene. Yes, because you, that's what they do when they say, "What's everyone going to believe to get? What do we have to do to get everybody out of the area?" Yeah, and then do you remember they had all those shocking scenes of the dead animals on the side of the road? Oh, well, it was right. all. Yeah, but they didn't kill the animals. They just put sleep gas. Uh-huh. So the animals dropped out. I don't remember that. But I do. Re- mm. I did read something in this in this summary of the Mirage Men where Dottie was working. What was it called again? This AFOSI actually went as far to as to um, experiment on livestock and then people would find mutilated livestock. That was another thing that was happening around that time. They were worried that the aliens were experimenting on livestock. It was the humans. They were experimenting on with radiation on them. So uh, that was just suggested in there. But basically because of the the similarity to Close Encounters, that led conspiracy theorists to suggest that Hollywood's depiction of visitors from outer space are either a fallback for those who claim to have been abducted. For example, you've got your Betty and what's his name? Betty and Barney. I don't know if that's right, but there was this famous couple from the United States back in the, I think it was the 50s or 60s, who claimed to have been abducted and had experiments done on them. When that happens, you can just say, oh, well, you've been watching too many science fiction films. You've seen right. that film. That's what that's from, you know. So either it's a fallback for, for that or mm. that the f- Hollywood filmmakers are actually a part of it. They're in on it and they're slowly introducing people to the shocking truth with these films. Okay. And it was claimed that the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, do you know that yeah. film? It was, a re- it was remade it. with Keanu. I wouldn't bother with that oh. version. The, <laughs> the first one was a, was a message. It was a message to, to people to look after your earth don't mess it up because you're heading down the wrong road we're we're peaceful aliens and we have a great time and all you've done is shoot at us so basically that was claimed that the original film was a government sanctioned movie to test how the public would react to such a scenario i think there's more to it than that i think it's probably just a film with a message you know yeah i think so too but i mean you know if if they wanted to know how people react they could have just looked at what happened with war of the worlds on the radio you know, yeah, do you that's a good this? point. Yes, yeah. of course. Awesome. People Mel's. flipped out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But what remains is uh, so that there have been a lot of declassified papers on UFO sightings. There used to be a UK uh, UFO sighting desk, but that closed down in two thousand and nine. Even oh, though at the moment, that's not that long ago. No, I know. Well, basically, all the UFO conventions are dwindling now. And a lot okay. of, yeah, so basically, uh, basically, 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 is that the word that you say a lot? <laughs> apparently, apparently, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is people are losing interest in UFOs, despite the fact that during lockdown and with the COVID pandemic, people are seeing a lot more things in the sky. Well, they've got more time to look they've up. They've got more time to look up, exactly. And I did mention at the end of last week's last episode, not last week's, but the last episode, elves and sprites. Okay, yeah, you know my favourite. Well, they're not real elves. <laughs> no. The elves are a cousin to the sprite. The sprite is actually a very large thunderstorm that can produce a sudden reddish glow stretching for tens to hundreds of kilojoules, I'm going to call them, but they're kilometres. <laughs> it looks like a straggling tendril of a jellyfish and they're known as str- sprites and they're really intense and they're rare but I don't think any of the stories that we covered had anything that looked or sounded like that at all really right no 
No. But then there's the cousin of the sprite, the elf, elves, sorry, which stands for, brace yourself, Michelle, emissions of light and very low frequency perturbations due to electromagnetic pulse sources. Fucking hell. And they can appear about 80 to 100 kilometers above the ground and they look really different. Basically, they are basically, oh my God, (laughs) what they are, it's not even basic. It is what it is. They are expanding rings of light that look like a donut from space with a dark hole in the middle and they spread out for about a thousand kilometers. Have you ever seen anything like that or heard of that? No, no. They're fleeting and they last only for less than a millisecond. But then there was also, I tried to tell you. But can you, I don't think your eyes could even see that. You'd have to mm. have. Well, somebody's you, seen it. Somebody's yeah, seen you, it. But maybe through telescopes or. You know. Possibly, yes, because it's so far away. Or maybe on the ground, it looks like a, a flashing light. But the lights that we've heard about that we covered last time were more static, silent, closer. Yep. And of course, yep. Richard Dreyfus got himself a terrible sunburn from it as well. Well, he did. He did. It could be ball lightning. The other thing I said was ball lightning, which I didn't have the information about at the time, but researchers have only just really discovered them. Uh, It's when an ordinary bolt lightning goes from Mm -hmm. cloud to ground, vaporizes some minerals in the soil, and then that can produce a big ball of light, which is about five meters across, and uh, it can burn white and then red for a few seconds before vanishing. So again, it's fleeting. So yeah, I'm not sure. I that don't that's, think it's. I that's don't think it's I, That's not what our peeps have seen. No, I don't, and it's not what I saw. But saying that, you know, there are a lot of very, very highly trained, highly stro- high strength. What do you call them? Telescopes trained. At the skies. So if you saw something, Michelle, chances are the astronomers, Brian Cox, they've all seen it themselves. And if it's something to worry about, then obviously the machinations go in behind the scenes or whatever. Yeah, but they didn't see it land in the snow like I did. Land in the snow? Did you actually say that? There were lights in the snow. Oh, I thought it the was... The snow uh, was glowing. I thought you were saying that it was it was a shadow of the glow. Do you know what I mean? Like a transference no. of light. No, the snow was fucking glowing. The snow was a glow. But I felt like that was like a beam of light from the sky to the snow. I didn't realise you no. saw it land. It, well, I didn't see it land. There was something landed. Oh, flip. Yeah. And the lights in the sky that I've seen. Yeah. Your face. My God. Oh, my God. Maybe I didn't explain that very well. No, no, Maybe no. I wasn't listening, Michelle. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you bitch. I was listening. I was. <laughs> so, oh gosh, well, that's all very interesting. Yeah. Have you got any more or? or- just a little. It just said the, uh, at the end of it, it said the, there is documents, like government documents out there that say that the Mirage men are still out there sowing deception and disinformation, which is interesting given light of uh, what's been happening these days. Um, they are more likely to, to be targeting suspect extremist religious groups, hackers, or online fraudsters than UFO things? Or could it just be a smokescreen to put people off the scent? Well, this this is a theory. Who knows? Ah. But I'm going to tell you a little UFO cold case, hmm? which you can tell me what your theory is. All right. On this. Yes, because I'm the expert. <laughs> yes, you are. You're, what is it? Skull, Scully? Mulder? I don't know. I'm Scully, you're Mulder. All right. So um, I've got a couple of cases, well, a few cases here, all Australian, actually. This is a UFO cold case. It is the case of Frederick Valentich. I don't know if that's how you really say his name. 
could be Valentik, but anyway. Or so, Valentich. Valentich. We'll just call him Frederick. So this happened on the evening of the 21st of October, 1978. Again, 70s. late 70s, right? And this happened in Victoria. So Frederick was a pilot, but I've read um, some online stuff about him and it turns out he's not a very good pilot. But anyway, oh. that's by the by. So oh, Frederick was a pilot. I have heard this one. This is already ringing a bell. Oh, there you mm. go. So you might have some info. Maybe. Doubt it. He was 20 at the time and he rented a single-engine Cessna small aircraft. And look, some reports say that he was going on a training flight. Others say he was going to King Island uh, to pick up some mates and a bit of seafood. So, oh, I don't party. know. Party. Party time. Party. Oysters and brown lemonades. Uh, so, either way, uh, he flew the plane out of Moorabbin Airport in Victoria. This was just before seven o'clock at night. At some point during the flight, and this was somewhere over the Bass Strait, he radioed Melbourne's air traffic control, and this was at 7.06 at night, for support because he said he was being followed by an unidentified aircraft about 300 metres above him. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're flying, that's fucking close, right? And then he then apparently, apparently stated... It's not an aircraft. So he then said he was having engine troubles. And look, there are records of the conversation between um, him and air traffic control, which, I mean, I don't know if they're accurate or not. But apparently he said there seemed to be this larger aircraft that was playing some kind of game with him mm -hmm. because it had flown over his plane two or three times and he couldn't identify the speed that this plane was but I think it was fucking fast and then he said uh, what he saw was a long metallic object with green lights and then when he was telling air traffic control about this his transmission was interrupted by these weird noises which have been documented as being um, metallic scraping sounds and then all contact was lost with Frederick then the plane with Fred in it, was never seen again. Mm. Yes, Gone. I have heard that. Yeah. Fucking scary. It's quite chilling, isn't it? Really chilling. Yeah. So, look, there was there are a couple of theories. The sensible theory is that he was flying upside down because he'd become disoriented. Uh-huh. And that what he saw were his own lights reflected in the water. Yeah, could be. They've... A sort of disputing claims against that. Then he landed in the water and disappeared. Well, they dredged and they couldn't find anything. And well, what did they dredge? Where, did, where was he? Was he over the Over the, the Bass Strait. He was okay. over the Bass Strait. It's a pretty massive bit of water, that, though, isn't it? Yeah, but for, they could identify where he was flying at the time. Okay. So they had sort of a... But, Michelle, they never found those... They never found that a huge jumbo jet... Two. Isn't there two Singapore Airlines jets that really? went missing? Yeah, they never Fuck found them. them. Can we do can we do something on that? Yeah. I'd love to investigate <laughs> that. Um no, because that just reminds me of Castaway. They never found Tom Hanks. Didn't they? No. I've not had... seen the film, Michelle. Spoiler. Oh, well it's not a spoiler. <laughs> you wait and see. Anyway. When they when people are disputing this theory that he flew upside down, they said the Cessna, the model he was piloting couldn't have flown for that long um, upside down okay. because it would have cut out immediately. So he uh -huh. wouldn't even have been able to say 
oh, I've seen lights. He wouldn't have been able to radio. There wouldn't have been enough time. But obviously, you know, people who who believe in UFOs say that, you know, he was abducted and and that they took his aircraft. and, And there have also apparently been other reports that people in Victoria had seen weird lights in the sky. That at day. the same time, okay. Mm, but they were green lights. So, what color were his? They were green. Actually, no. He did say he saw a long metallic object with green lights. Yeah. So, I was listening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that is a cold case because I can't make head nor tail. Head nor that tail. One. Oh my goodness. What's the other one? So uh, there is another one. It's called Westall. This is a famous sighting that happened in 1966. So maybe still Cold War well, yeah, era here. Because it was right? still going on and the Russians were, you know, still the West perceived them to be a threat. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, is a li- this has a little darker side to it as well. And if- there's the space race and all that. This is quite a famous one. Um, it ha- Like I said, it happened in 1966. It, there were around 200 kids who went to this high school called Westall, which is a suburb in Clayton, south in Victoria, which is about 20k outside of Melbourne. And what I think is really interesting is that pretty much all of these 200 kids say they saw the same thing. Skylab! So, yeah. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> in the 70s, Skylab was falling. It was falling and it was going to land in Australia. It had been predicted to land in Australia. All of us were doing drills to get under our desks. And oh every time God. something happened, this is when I, I was about what, in year three. Bay? Yeah. It landed oh. in in uh, the backyard, in a massive backyard somewhere in Western Australia. Oh, and Jesus. I heard reports of a little boy playing with a bit of it. Because it broke up as it came into the atmosphere. Okay. But it could have landed on your head and killed you. It could have been oh, a big Jesus. lump of really fast flying, you know, lab. From the sky. From the sky Sky lab. Exactly. So anytime something happened, like we heard in a helicopter or anything, we'd have to go under the desks. Well, we would just scream, sky lab, and run under the desks. (laughs) The fear was real. I remember. The fear was real. Well, this was something else before sky lab's time. Um, So this happened around 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, A group of students, they were... They'd just been doing like sports outside on the oval and a few of them saw this large silver saucer-shaped object floating through the sky. I think floating is an interesting word That's, here. Anyway, I don't like that. Yeah. So these kids got really excited and ran back to school going, Skylab! I UFO! <laughs> and so more kids ran out of the school, all out of their classrooms, uh, to look at this flying saucer. And they all saw it making Where its way. Where is this? Where's Westall? So this is just about 20k outside of Melbourne. Okay. Yep. So more kids ran out. They kind of saw it like all of them and then it eventually disappeared behind a row of pine trees and landed in a nearby paddock it landed people went and saw it no yeah so then around 20 minutes uh no i'm not sure if they saw it they knew it landed they must have seen it land because then 20 minutes later it rose above the trees again (gasps) and then rapidly shot off to the northwest so this is what i find really interesting is that it rapidly shot off right remember that so some kids say the ufo was pursued by a couple of cessna planes cessnas again uh but not everyone agrees on that part of the story um so then the kids hung around hoping the ufo would come back 
But what happened instead is that the military and the police turned up. Ah. Uh. And they got all the kids into an assembly and basically told them they were forbidden to ever <gasps> speak of what? what they'd seen. Yep. Oh, and my goodness. And the school principal was told to issue a statement attributing the whole thing to mass hysteria. Magic mushrooms. Yeah, fucking scary, right? <laughs> oh, oh, God. So then, so then this has become part of like Australia's sort of UFO history. Well, I've never and heard that one, Michelle. That's a shocker. Well, then a few years ago, there were a few articles that turned up um, where people have been digging through like uh, government documents that were mm-hmm. previously unreleased. Yeah. And they found reference to a secret radiation testing program, which kind of points to a government government cover-up right so i don't know if it is connected but this is one theory so apparently federal and state government agencies refused to comment on the westall incident at the time but now they think that rather than a ufo what landed was a high altitude balloon that was used to monitor radiation radiation levels after marilinga yeah marilinga was what i was going to say next so like a dirigible do you remember we used to see them a lot in the sky dirigible What's a dirigible? It's a one of those big uh, balloons. What do you call uh, them? A balloon. <laughs> a balloon. That's what my nanny used to call a balloon. Um, a balloon. Like an airship. Oh, yes. I, I, I kind of... What was that thing called, the one up in the sky that... What was that know. called? Why can't I remember that? The Hindenburg. Hindenburg? Oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck. All right. And then they, well, g- they gave up on that idea after that. That was a failed air- way of air travel. It's Didn't not going to work, is it? They made, they made a big... Balloon out of paper and hot air and and flames and it didn't and work. Wondered why it didn't didn't quite. <laughs> Sorry, work. I shouldn't laugh. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's it disaster. is terrible. There are some reports that suggest that what these kids saw basically was connected to Marilinga yeah, nuclear Marilinga. tests, and yep. that's why the government and the military turned up. But this doesn't add up with what uh. the kids saw. That the fact that the UFO took off at rapid speed. Rapid speed, yeah. That balloon because can't balloons go don't fast. do that. Yeah. But I don't know. But I don't know. But anyway, back in 2011, there's a guy called Shane Ryan who's actually a school teacher in Canberra. He made a documentary called Westall 66: Ooh. Suburban UFO Mystery, where he up- uncovered evidence that there were seven pilots who chased the UFOs, one of whom. Uh, is apparently still alive in, in a nursing home. Mm. So the, I don't know if Shane actually managed to like get to him and talk to him about his recollections, but he says that this guy Shane spent years investigating the Westall incident and he thinks that instead of the government trying to cover up some kind of nuclear testing, he thinks the government's trying to um, cover up that the fact that they don't have any answers for what those kids saw. They don't yeah. want to to look any more clueless than they already do. Yes. So I think that the Westall is really scary. And then I have yeah. one I more story. Okay. And this is obviously one that's going to blow my socks off. I fucking blow, blew my socks off. My little... Go on then. Little tiny socks. Little size twos. This weird event happened on the 19th of January in 1988. Well, that's today. 88. Yeah, but it's the 19th of January today. Oh, my God. Did you think I'd lost my mind for a second, I Michelle? Did, I did. I thought, thought. Hey, I'm Mate. a teenager again. Woo. <laughs> 19th of January. Fuck. Yeah. You know we're going to get visited tonight. Oh, don't say that, Michelle. You know I have a hard time sleeping when I know there's aliens out there. The, there's going to be a visitation. Don't. 
Anyway. Oh, you little bitch. <laughs> so this happened to the Knowles family. Not the Nolan sisters. Can you even remember one single song that they sang? No. Uh, I can't. I don't. Oh, I can't. All right, you mind. hold that thought. Yeah. So the Knowles fan, this happened. I'm you... in the mood for dancing, <gasps> romancing. Is that you know I never do it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, you carry on. This was not the Nolan sisters. This was the Knowles family with a K, Knowles. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this all happened near a tiny outpost called Mundrabilla. In the Nullarbor Plains don't in South Australia. Don't live in the middle of Australia. Just don't. Well, do you know what they weren't? Around. Do you know what they weren't? Yeah. They weren't. So, um, so Faye, Faye Knowles, the mum, mm-hmm. um, she was driving through the Nullarbor from Perth uh, to Melbourne with her three sons when they, all of them, saw mysterious lights in the distance ahead mm-hmm. of them. One report says that a large glowing object, like a big ball, basically chased Faye and her sons. And they were adult sons. Their names are uh, Patrick, Wayne and Sean. So they're not kids who are just like, oh, we saw a UFO. These are like grown dudes. Mm. So anyway, uh, this massive glowing ball chased them down the highway before this fucking UFO landed on their roof, (gasps) pulled them into the air, oh, and so Faye they were went, all in the car. The whole car they're was lifted all in like the a fucking magnet. Car. There was a beam of light, bloody pulled hell. them up into yeah. the beam. Right, according to police reports, because Faye, who was freaked the fuck out by all of this, went to the police and reported what had happened. Yeah. So, so what happened though? They were just lifted in the air, and that was it. No, back so, down again. So what happened was that Faye said this UFO tormented them for <gasps> ninety minutes. Right. It's so an hour and a half. Yeah, it was like chasing them and then stopping them and then it was on top of them. It like was pulled them up into the air. Oh, God. And yeah, so the, the UFO apparently picked the car, the car up off the road, shook it violently oh, and no. forced the car back down on the ground with such pressure that one of the tyres was blown. And the car oh. was filled with this weird eerie grey mist and a oh. really foul smell. Right. So in a state of shock, one of the sons, Sean, he put his foot down on the accelerator, just fucking floored it. And his mum was screaming. But according to reports from the police, Sean said their voices were distorted, like like time was slowing down. And this is a direct quote from Faye. I feel like I'm going to pass out from the horror. Oh, man, it's so fucking scary. So Faye said um, in her report, I wound down the window and I felt this thing on the roof. All of this smoke stuff started coming into the car. The car was um, covered in black stuff. Mm. And she she said, we thought we were dying. Then we got out of the car and we hid behind a little tree and the bushes so it couldn't find us. And the eldest son, Patrick, said it felt like his brain was being sucked out. <gasps> and they all of them said that the car had been picked up and shaken by this in UFO, right? Did so, they find the car? Yeah, because, well, truckers apparently reported in the newspaper, yeah, mate, they weren't lying because they said the family was really, like, shaken. So some truckers found them next morning or whatever. Well, no, they actually went to this place called Seduna um, and went to the police station and the police went out and looked at the car and that's when they took the report seriously because of the state of the car. Oh, and geez. yeah, apparently this story made headlines all around the world and nobody can make sense of this story. Again, you know, it wasn't just 
like in the last episode, one lonely guy on a highway waiting mm. near Lake George for some other truck or whatever to verify what he was seeing. This is four of them in the car. Oh, so, God. I don't like that at all, Michelle. That's really I don't horrible. like it. <laughs> no. going to always be a 100 stories like that and then there's going to be either a really good explanation. I mean, I cannot find an explanation for that and I'm sure no one ever did come no. up with a, an explanation. But do you know Edward Snowden? You know the guy who was working for the CIA and he um, became a hacker or what did he do? He kind of, he had access to all of the CIA's files and then he got done for whistleblowing and whatnot. Yeah, and now fame, he's now yeah. now he's hiding out in Russia, but he's been oh, giving God. lots of interviews, Is and he? he has done. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, been I... talking, mm-hmm. but he said that I know you'd love to know, think that there are aliens, but I couldn't find any evidence in any of the files of of extraterrestrial alien any of that. He said that wasn't wasn't there, but he said chemtrails are also not real, and climate change is, and so was the moon landing. I think the moon landing's bullshit. Really? Yep. Oh, come on, Michelle. Really? No, really. I really do. I really, really do. Why? Because I don't believe that they were technologically advanced enough to put a man on the moon and get them get that man back alive. You know, Leica didn't make it when the Russians tried to put that dog up in space. And the dog maybe didn't have um, the training required. <laughs> Perhaps the dog wasn't able to push the right button yeah but it was all look i i really believe that the moon landings are hoax and i don't i haven't done any research into this i've never looked it up as a conspiracy theory maybe we should do an extra droppings on that (laughs) but i really adamantly believe it's a hoax oh yeah there you go didn't know that about me did you i did not know that about you michelle (laughs) magical thinking there you go Yeah, I know. Queuing on, queuing on. Look, I could talk for hours, but I think that's enough for right now. We'll save it for the next extra drop All right, then. Absolutely. Nice to be able to get together and see you for another extra drop And I hope people can remember to join us weekly for the usual eavesdropping extravaganza. See you then. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping, dropping, eavesdropping, 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 dropping, 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 dropping